Jamie and Forch's Betamax Dungeon. Welcome everybody to this week's edition of Betamax Dungeon with me, Mark Fortune. And uh, me, Jamie Ball. Evening, Mark. You stuck Evening. a little uh in then. I, I do it because you love editing those out. Yeah. Welcome to another toe-tapping, banjo-worrying episode of Horror Chat. <laughs> do you like horror, Mark? Do yeah. you like chat? Yes. Then you've come to the right place, because this is where we do horror chat down in the Betamax dungeon. Well, we did, a couple of weeks ago, I've got a confession to make, listeners. We didn't do horror. We did dystopian future sports movie, Rollerball. And because I'm... Seven a f- is classic. Ah, uh, well. Rollerball. Because of my fat... I mean, it was possibly the uh, the greatest podcast ever recorded. I, it I, might have been. We I had guests. That. We had fireworks, special effects, everything. It was just like the Oscars. I know I was podcast form. I know I was pretty lucid for that episode and I'm pretty sure I made some really scintillating observations about that movie, Mark. But like a nineteen sixties episode of Doctor Who, it's gone, ladies and gentlemen. I do apologise. My fat stupid finger pressed the wrong button on the computer and I've lost it. So you could have played, you could have come up with a convoluted eagle story to well, cover your tracks. I couldn't be bothered. I would have gone with it. No, you wouldn't have. Anyway, no, no, we, because of because we've lost that episode, we're missing about five minutes of scintillating eagle chat. So you need Hang on. Just some people are following the story, Mark. You know. Okay, I mean, we'll fill us in on the missing bits. It's an epic saga, and people may want to know why. We left it essentially that he was going out on a date. Yeah. And then the next one, he was just in his dungeon cell, pissing about with his glockenspiel. Okay. Well, what happened the week before last then? Well, he went out on his date with Wendy. He then Shito got... Fasado. Wendy Shito Fasado. He went out on a date with her. The date went fine. I don't think the restaurant fared so well. I think that was shut down by like public health. Probably because she was sat there eating shit, if I remember rightly. Ah, no, this was the other thing that I was revealed in the missing episode, is that I was completely mistaken, and I needed to apologise to Wendy and everyone else. She wasn't a coprophiliac, she was a bibliophile. You said it the first time then, as well. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah, so that was my mistake there. I was getting, these filliers in that, it's hard to tell them apart, aren't they? But she's a bibliophilia. These what? Philiophilias. Coprophilia, bibliophilia. Oh, right. It's easy to get mixed muddled up. Mixed muddled up. Philias. You can get the philias buggered about, and that was what happens. But she's a bibliophile, which isn't in any way. Sounds like you need to go to the doctor if your philias are getting buggered about. Well. Okay, so this just going through it quickly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just yeah. recovering the episode that you lost. Yeah. So uh, basically, get on with it. All right, I'm sorry. What is massive? Come on. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You're making me nervous now. So the date went well, but then she came on a little bit too hot and heavy. The dungeon changed that week very rapidly. There were throw cushions in the place. There were fresh flowers, fresh underwear. You remember me telling you. <laughs> Eagle started to feel a little bit kind of sort of like sort of claustrophobic. When you say fresh underwear, I mean like fresh pants. What? Like clean pants? Yeah, just fresh pants. Well, don't he clean his pants anyway? Well, not as regularly as when he, like Wendy was here. There was like a bit of a ladies' touch in the place, Mark. It was just. Uh, yeah, but you change your pants daily, didn't you? 
Why did you pause? Into the bloody laundry aspect. What did you do with your old pants? I bet you shoot and bury them, set fire to them. <laughs> Look, this is. I'm just telling you what happened. All right. My, it's not my underwear. I'm just talking about Eagle's underwear. Put them up a flagpole. Worn off the orcs. <laughs> Come on. She then started talking to Eagle about marriage and about. Oh, uh, after a week. Oh yeah, moving really quick, and uh, then she was talking about like life insurance policies and putting money into like sort of bonds. You know, I'm using air quotes as I say. It was all getting a bit suspicious. Eagle, becoming suspicious, started looking into her backstory. Yeah, discovered that she'd had three previous husbands. Did she not have a shady past? She did have a shady past. Uh, our husbands had all died in mysterious circumstances and he, di- he didn't find out too much one of them he found out was a, uh, a clown he was a bit of an alcoholic he was a clown he worked at kids parties uh, on one occasion he was a little bit drunk he tripped over his clown shoes he ended up drowning in a bowl of jelly and then later on police discovered that someone had tampered with his clown shoes what? How? Well, I don't know how, but there was something amiss about his clown shoes. That it? Is that the right next uh, next husband? Well, no, that was. Well, it. I so, thought you were working your way up to a joke or I something. I don't know anything about the husbands, and I'm just saying, like Eagle basically kind of cottoned on to her being like a femme fatale. Right. I kind of felt she was more of a flemme fatale. Um, he called her like a crony, like spider woman. She said he was a misshapen burlap bag of shit. Yeah. He split up in a row. He then retired to his dungeon cell and started pissing about on his glockenspiel. I think there was a... Pissing about, yeah. There's a couple in there. I'm sorry, yeah. I'm sorry, ladies. Swear jars in full effect. Right, let's get on to this week's... Okay. So, uh, should maybe point out that it is actually Eagle that plays the banjo as our theme music, isn't it? Yeah. So, if anyone ever, they should people be on the lookout if they ever have an inexplicable desire to eat like a brick sandwich. What are you talking about now? What are you talking about? It's called a callback, Mark. Brick sandwich. A brick sandwich, or maybe like a callback to what? A light bulb on toast. What are you talking about? Don't worry about it. Um, No, I am worried about it. What? What are you on about? It's Pika syndrome, Mark. Right, okay. Okay. So, cut that bit, Mark. Um, so, anyway, so last week, as right. you remember, on yeah. his glockenspiel... Quickly. Okay, We've already done eight minutes of Igor. Come on. Well, but, but, but he's the... He's the trademark, Mark. Well, come on, get on with it. <laughs> come on, come on, get through it. All right, so he's given up on trying to write his, like, uh, song that... Um, it's dirges and it's rubbish yeah, songs. A, yeah, he wanted to send everyone crazy, didn't he, with his glockenspiel music. He's moved on from that now. He's uh, he's looking now to kind of put a band together, more of an orchestra. Oh, God. Because his glockenspiel, obviously, is made from human bones. Yeah. So he wants to put together, like, an orchestra of the damned. Right. Of the damned. And right. they're going to, like, I don't know. Well, he hasn't got any mates. Well, this is why he has to put the band back together. 
What do you, you know, mean band back together? There was know, never so a it's band. He's into one of those kind of movies. You know, he's putting the gun, he's getting the band together again. What band? His previous band. I thought he spent his entire life in this dungeon. Well, but there was when did he ever had time to make a band? There was a period where he was part of I'm some not having kind of any diabolical of his... orchestra. I'm not having any of his mates in here. If he's got mates, I don't want him in here. Well, we'll see how that plays out, Mark. I'll be setting it's... little traps for him. I know you don't like him. But, you know. I tolerate him. I'm not tolerating his mates. Is... Not having it. Not having him. But then none of them have turned up yet. He's just sort of looking into it. I don't know what he's hoping to create, but well, I why can't he just kind of... like do like a Leo Sayer and have a one man band, like one of those idiots you see with a big he bass? Looks a little bit like Leo Sayer. <laughs> <laughs> Leo Sayer. Right. Okay. So Leo right. Sayer's got. To be fair to Leo Sayer, he's got way more hair. He's got way more hair. He's Maybe a bit more charisma. <laughs> he's, he's, no, he's I'm, no, I'm way out of there. No, he does have more charisma. It's a little unfair, on Leo. Okay, right. Sorry. Um, so, all right. So we're now we're up to date with the whole Igor nonsense. Next week, uh, what's going on with his evil orchestra of? Doom. Let's not talk about next week. We've just talked about two weeks. Come on, let's get on with the movie. Well, I've only had to talk about the two weeks because one of the weeks was lost, and it's the one between the one that we've even put out before. Say that again? Yeah. <laughs> Jamie and Fortune's Betamax Dungeon? I'll tell you what movie we're doing this week. We're doing a uh, classic 1995 bait and switch movie called... It's 1996. Okay. Um, I'll edit you saying 96 okay, into my 95. Yeah, from Dusk Till Dawn. Yes, schlocky, balls-to-the-wall, Tex-Mex vampire movie. Shot with a sepia tone? From, well, I don't know about a sepia tone. It's, it's, got, it's, got, that, that. it's got that Mexican tone to the it camera. It sun-baked, uh, which is fitting. It's got almost like a, a, a vampire burrito movie. Yeah. Uh, I, I had it down as 1996. Um, was pretty successful. It had... Two sequels. Have you seen two sequels? Uh, I have, but they're appalling. Yeah. T- Bruce Campbell's in one, if I remember rightly, at, right at the beginning, for no reason. I don't even know that I've seen... I think I've seen the second one. I definitely haven't seen the third one. I think they've got um, those... The second one's got those uh, Mexican guys that appear as baddies in films. Oh, like, those guys. That guy that's in... Uh, two, two, Tuco guys. out of... Um, Breaking Bad's in it. Oh, okay. Danny Trejo. Like oh, yeah. He's, yeah, that guy. The go-to guy. The go-to guy. Yeah, those go-to, go-to Mexican think, bad guys. Let's talk about this one anyway. Well, all right, I'm just putting in a built, you know, filling in some information on it for you and the listeners. You were unaware. Well, you, you weren't unaware, but I'm going to tell you the titles. They came out in 99. It was, uh, Texas Blood Money. Yeah, it was. Hangman's Daughter. Well done. And when was the TV show and how many series did it run for? Mark? The TV show was 2016 and it ran for three seasons. Okay, well, well, well researched, Mark, and you have no paper in your hand. No, I've got a brain. You're annoyed that I knew those questions. No, no, I'm glad you knew it, Mark. I just, You're annoyed because I, I knew some stuff. Conversational, Mark, not confrontational. I'm not being confrontational. Why? Well, just you're a little bit. Well, you're the one who get, get, seems annoyed because I answered I answered the questions. Anyway, um, who wrote and directed this film? 
Robert Rodriguez directed it. Best film he's ever done, by yeah. a mile. Yeah, I think I'll go along with that. Um, I, I've enjoyed his other films, but I, it, I definitely always feel his ones where Quentin Tarantino has, has had some involvement. Yeah. The superior ones. Yeah, definitely. Um, but then, having said that, uh, The Faculty was pretty spot on. I would say maybe The Faculty is even better than this. Really? I really like The Faculty. It seems like, like the odd one out. I think that was his first studio movie, wouldn't it? Like, yeah, proper Hollywood movie. Yeah, a bit of money behind it. But yeah. I mean, it. Yeah, it didn't feel like your typical... You wouldn't, I, I wouldn't have known that was a Robert Rodriguez film if I hadn't already known if that makes sense. Completely on a tangent as well, out of nowhere. Yeah. You know when we were talking about Adam Wingard a few weeks back and you're next? Yeah. We completely forgot that he did a Blair Witch movie. We did forget, didn't we? Yeah, we didn't even mention that at all. Anyway, sorry, just on a tangent. Oh my God, we can't even put that back in because we've put it out. Well, no, but we've said it now. So oh my it's God. almost like we've preemptive. Why didn't we... I, oh, no, it just completely passed me by. I saw it at Fright Fest. I thought it was all right, actually. Yeah, it was, it was, yeah, it was, it was but just, it was obviously forgettable. Yeah, because yeah. we forgot about it. Yeah. Um, yeah anyway, Robert we? Rodriguez. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, to be fair to him, my kids did love the Spy Kids movies, uh, yeah. but they're not for you, Jamie. They're I didn't really mind the first one, but I was. Well, I was. They're not for you. Well, I didn't mind the first. Shark Boy and Lava Girl. It's not for you. No, they're not. No. Um... Yeah, I try, yeah, I'm not going to judge him on those films because I haven't seen them. Um, I think Planet Terror is definitely up there. I would say Planet Terror, Dust From Dust Till Dawn, and The Faculty would probably be my three best. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Written by Tarantino, and I think the screenplay was. I think the I think the, he wrote the screenplay, but it was from a, like an idea or a story by um, someone else, some Kurtzman. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, um, I may be wrong on that. I did. That's one. No, he was he was paid, it was his first paid script or something, wasn't it? Yeah. He was given the idea. It was battered. It was battered around a bit. The leading man was battered around a bit. Yeah. Well, they... so, the, so the leading man was Seth Gecko. Yeah. Do we? Should we? Let's just go through the cast. If we go, yeah, should we do a quick synopsis? Uh, no, we do the cast first normally, don't we? Do we? But then we're going to get really bogged down in the cast because oh, cast it goes on forever. Is, yeah, there's uh, so many different tangents that I keep saying tangent already. Yeah, no, get back on this tangent. Cut out the tangent. Keep saying it. I don't want to say it, Mark. Right. Are you familiar with OCD, Mark? Yeah, I am now. <laughs> Can you? <laughs> right. Do the synopsis, Jamie Ball. Right, okay. So, uh, hardened gangster badasses, the Gecko Brothers, uh, kidnap a lady, uh, escape from prison, go on a crime spree, uh, head towards the border to escape. Uh, they take a family hostage. They lose their original hostage, for as we'll get to. They take a family hostage, uh, get across the border... And they have to spend one night in a rough biker bar in order to get to freedom and basically get away. Uh, the film is, does a real big rug pull in the middle, switcheroo, and uh, it suddenly turns from like a tough crime movie, kidnap yeah. movie, into a crazy vampire, comedy vampire movie. Survival movie. 
Yeah, it's like a, a horror comedy vampire movie. The tone changes. Mm. Um, it comes a lot more jokey. Um, yeah, that's a, that's your basic synopsis. Um, why, why don't you stop now? I don't know why, but my phone's just started playing Psycho by Muse. That's weird. That was weird, wasn't it? Anyway, sorry about that, listeners. <laughs> Um, we're going to talk about Psycho in a minute. Yeah. Because we're talking about rug pull movies. Yeah. So, do, should we just do that before? Yeah, do a, quick, do, do a quick couple, yeah. So, um, I, when I was looking at it earlier, there are loads of films that have twists, but why... It's, it's a mid-film well, rug what, pull. It's different, isn't it? It's well, not I, a twist, as such. I would characterise... In my mind, I would characterise it as like a... It's almost like a switch of genre. Yeah. And it happens maybe around midpoint. Yeah. So I've, I've written a few down. I know you... We were talking about one not so long ago. Yeah, with Ray Liotta. Yeah. I can't remember what it's called. Is it something wild? I always get confused... I think it, yeah, with Wild at Heart. Yeah, I think it, yeah, it is, it is something wild. Yeah, that starts yeah. off as a, a rom-com. Yeah. And then it turns into... A bit of a psycho a, thriller. Ray Liotta turns up and about 30 minutes, it's about 40 minutes in he turns up. Yeah. And he starts, he's just, well, he's horrible. I think the I think the biggest one, if you're going to yeah, be, it's got to be Psycho. And yeah. It's the biggest. Yeah. Uh that always be the. But what one. what genre would you say that switches from and to? I mean, it, it goes to horror. Well, it starts out as like a crime Thriller. drama. It's yeah. about a woman escaping with embezzled money, mm. and then it switches to pretty much the first ever slasher film. Um, I would also include in his uh, the Crying Game. Yeah. That really kind of changes, ironically. Midway in the midpoint. Sorry um, to bother you. That gets weird towards the end. I don't. I haven't seen that. That's the one. The, the meant course. to get around to it. Yeah, so he works in a call centre. The guy's working in a call centre. It's all about. Uh, well, it's all about that, and then it turns into some very weird science fictiony thing. But he adopted a uh, posh. Yeah, he starts talking like a boy. white. Yeah. Well, yeah, but that's not the twist. The twist is the if you're not seeing it, I won't spoil it. Um. Yeah, so the crime, so the crime, audition. Yeah, audition definitely. Is a, is a midway genre. To, uh, uh, Cabin in the Woods. Yeah. And the Cabin in the Woods is really a clever one. Yeah. Because you start out thinking you're just watching a slasher film. Oh, yeah. we're just watching a slasher film. And then kind of midway through. You it's quite this. early though, that one, isn't it? Well, yeah, because they're always going back to those two guys in that computer room. Yeah, so you know there's more to it, but you don't really know yeah. what at that point. It's still it's still around mid point. Yeah, yeah alright, yeah. It's debatable. Um, Kill List is a little bit like that. Yeah, that just sinks into a swamp of horribleness. Yeah, it goes real it spooky horror, doesn't it? Yeah, it doesn't... It doesn't that, that kind of drifts into... I would say that kind of drifts into weirdness rather than a sudden. I mean, it gets pretty nasty early on, but I yeah, towards the end, it 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 almost goes like the full wicker man, doesn't it? Yeah, you know, people running around in those like hay 
straw masks. Yeah, but I, I would say, yeah, it does change genre, but it's more of a, if I could say, gentle river flow into it, rather than a jump cut like Dust Till Dawn. I don't know. Because Dust Till Dawn, it's just one minute it's one thing and then it's something else. Well, it, the turning point is um, Santanico Pandemonium's hypnotic dance sequence. Yeah. Which is basically Salma Hayek Dancing around with an albino snake. Yeah, and she's the only one in there who's got her, all her clothes on. Yeah, it's a kicker, isn't it? Um, well, not really. She, I mean, <laughs> she was at, she was properly in her yeah, prime. Yeah, she was. Part, she was at you? her peak, so to speak. Yeah. Um, we we gone too far, too quick. Not really. Oh yeah, we're doing. A, are we doing a plot? Well, we've done the synopsis. Yeah. Now we're going to do the cast. Let's do the cast. So we've kind of segued onto that. I mean, top billing. Went to Harvey Keitel. Okay. Not George Clooney. Okay. So we've got Harvey Keitel. Did did Tarantino fall out with Harvey Keitel at some point? It was there some kind of riff? Because, you know, he was in Pulp Fiction, he was in Reservoir Dogs, he was in du- From Dust Till Dawn, and then suddenly he's not been in anything else. You kind of feel in Jackie Brown, the Robert De Niro role would have been more suited to Harvey Keitel. And you sort of no, I think he would have been more suited to the Robert Forster part. You Harvey Keitel? Yeah. Well, the, but but there there was room for him to be in that. You feel like yeah, I don't know whether they've had a fallen out or. But now now Harvey Keitel's doing those bullshit bloody direct line insurance adverts. Yeah, but he gets paid a shit ton of money for him, doesn't he? Yeah, but. Artistically, he's kind of. But mate, all the Hollywood do it, but we just don't see him. Those adverts ain't going out in America, really. But he's playing a character that he—he's cashing in on a a character that he didn't create. Yeah. Which is really kind of diminishing the actual Mr. Wolf from. Not for me, it isn't. Pulp Fiction. Because I don't overthink it, Jamie. I'm not overthinking it, Mark. Come on, it's just a—it's a. I don't. It's an outrageous sellout. No, it's not. He wants to, it's what, not because, even his character to sell out. He's selling out a character he plays because he does, someone else's yeah, film. But he doesn't do blockbusters, does he? Not anymore. He's well, he's never done blockbusters. I think people have got a problem with him. He did, he did. What do you mean? You can't say people have got a problem with him if, if, if you don't know. Wow. What do you mean, well? There must be a reason why he well, he's never, in all of his films and then all of a sudden he's not in any of his films. Well, he got Samuel L. Jackson instead, didn't he? What, instead of Harvey Keitel? Oh, I don't know. No, because he had both of them in Pulp Fiction. Yeah. He had both of them in... No, I, yeah. Okay, well, yeah, I'm just, you know, chatting. This is what we do, Mark. It's horror chat. Anyway, the next on the bill is George Clooney. Okay, Seth Gecko. Got to be his best film, innit? Yeah, that I mean, I mean, he was... Uh, I mean, you don't think he was as cool as you thought it was, but... He, in that period... Oh, he's proper cool. He inspired my whole tattoo and everything, Mark. That period from when he left uh, ER, right up until the early 2000s, he couldn't... He was cool. No, he, he was hot. He was hot right then. He was out, out of sight. No, it was brilliant. Ocean's Eleven's all right. No, it does. Yeah, but he's cool in it. Oh, brother, where art thou? I love that. Oh, I like that. Yeah, he's and he's, like he's cool in that. He's a dapper damn hair for me, man. <laughs> I'm a dapper damn man. Um, We're in a tight spot. Yeah, I do like him in that. <laughs> My hair. <laughs> Every five um, minutes. That was originally offered to Travolta, you know. He had a choice between that and Pulp Fiction, and he chose Pulp Fiction. 
Well, from Dustin O'Donnell. Yeah, yeah, Seth Gecko, yeah. yeah. I think there was a few people that were offered. Madison was offered it, I think. Was it Tim Roth as well? Or was Tim Roth offered... He might be offered um, Pete Bottoms in the... Yeah, yeah, I think... Yeah, Yeah. so, I mean, Seth Gecko was said to you earlier, it was one of them... When you're a youngster and you watch it, when you're kind of in your early 20s... When you're younger than him, I think... Yeah, he, he you kind of think, yeah, this guy's awesome. He's a real badass. Like literally every line he says is like a comic book tough guy one liner. <laughs> it's very much a graphic novel type. Real cynical kind of like. Yeah, yeah I mean to me, it's it's like a graph. It's almost like a a graphic novel without there being a graphic novel. The way it's the way the the, the dialogue and everything is all short. Yeah. Do you it's know what I mean? Like one, it's all like proper yeah. movie one-liners. It's real full-on movie dialogue, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, there is some great dialogue in it. Um, there's also a few clunkers. There's yeah. some terrible lines in it. Um, so, uh, so Seth Gecko, George Clooney, Harvey Keitel as Jacob Fuller, uh, Quentin Tarantino in an early acting role as the other Gecko brother, Richard. Who's a not very nice man. What the the character? Yeah, the character is possibly one of the worst characters ever put on film. I don't know about that. Well, he's he's horrible as a, in a heroic. I mean, is he? He's, he's, he doesn't get, do anything. Uh, he's never. He's always meant to be more like the real villain. He's horrible. Yeah, of course he is. He's always set up as the real villain, and you cut. I think that they make that distinction early on. Do so you think that's where they're gonna? F- the, well, I think early on the setup could almost play out like uh, the two brothers are criminals, right? Uh, Seth is a professional thief, so he's pretty badass, but he's got a code, all right? Yeah. He's not a nice man at all. He's pretty, he's pretty hardcore, but he has got a code, and he's a thief. All he wants to do is take your money. Richard, his brother, is a sociopath. So he's a rapist, he is deluded, he's like not even sane. No. Um, so the setup, really, you kind of think is going to be they take this family hostage to get across the border. Richard, is his sociopathic side is going to come out more, and his brother, who loves him very much, but has a code ends up having to protect the family from him. From him. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, obviously, it does the rug pull and it doesn't quite play out how you think of it. Yeah. Um, we were saying to you earlier, that early setup of how you realise that Richard really is a nasty bit of work yeah. is, is pretty disturbing. What was that? Um, the bank teller? Yeah, and I mean... I sent you earlier the choice of actress that they put. I didn't write her name down, which is bad on my part. But oh, uh, she does. She does great for the little bit she does. Yeah, the character Gloria, and I mean, she you, um, you you don't think that that is in any way on the cards, no? Do you? And I mean, what that says about you as a viewer or me as a what viewer? If, I, I mean, don't I, know, I, but you don't. I she's very a, she's much. A, she's a. Let's be fair, she's like a middle-aged, you know, scared, slightly overweight bank yeah. teller. Yeah, you know, I mean... Harmless, and you... You know, 
Seth Gecko has that conversation with her where he says about uh, running away and he's got six friends that can run faster and he looks her dead in the eye and says, if you follow the rules, you'll be okay. You've got my word. Yeah, I know. And then he goes off to get some burgers. Yeah, big kahuna burgers. Big kahuna burgers. There's, there's also, just before that, the Tarantino boot shot when they get her out of the boot. Yeah, yeah, it's classic from the camera shot from the yeah. view. Yeah. And um, even, I can remember vividly the first time watching this film because I had my brother with me and my brother never goes, never used to come to the cinema with me. He had no idea about the film. And um, it got to that bit where he, Rishi sits on the bed and says, just come and sit on the bed with me. And I thought, that's a bit weird. It's really weird. And then you kind of forget about it because some other stuff happens. Yeah, it cuts away. It cuts away. Um, you see Seth messing around, getting his burgers. Go, 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 just, sorry to interject, but just that bit, point, just to get onto a point that I'll mention later. Uh, Take your shoes off. Yeah. <laughs> very yeah, Tarantino. Yeah, the Tarantino foot thing is that he gets on the bed with his shoes on. Yeah. And when he asks her to come through, he says, Take your shoes off. And then it cuts. Then it cuts, yeah. And then um, Seth comes back in. He's got his he's got his burgers. They're yeah, talking yeah. about he's been to have a look at the border. He's forgotten about He's forgotten like about the woman. <laughs> he gets the burgers out and he counts three burgers out and he goes, Oh, shit. <laughs> well, where's the woman? Where's the hostage? Yeah, she's in there. Yeah. And he goes, what do you mean she's in there? Why have you, why have you, why are you not looking after her? And then he goes in and so you get that, it's that subliminal flash cuts, isn't it? Yeah, it doesn't really, it, it doesn't dwell on anything, but you get it, the idea. It shows you enough to kind of work out what's that. I mean, she's been kind of sort of stripped to her underwear, isn't she? But yeah. Yeah, I know. A lot of blood. There's a lot of blood. But um, not a lot on Richie. What? There's not a lot of blood on Richie. Well, you'd think you'd think with well, that blood, the amount of yeah, but he must. Would he take his shirt off? I don't know. I don't, maybe yeah, that's true. He's a little bit bloodless. But I mean, it, then you realise how mental he is. Yeah, but then you and it also sets up the kind of friction between the brothers, doesn't it? Because you, as I said, you know, Seth is professional or relatively professional. He's not. A, he's not a psychopath. He doesn't want to rape and kill women. So when they meet the family, there's that instant kind of. Oh, uh, you get that sinking in your heart. Then. Yeah, there's that instant kind of like, oh my god! And he's already he all, early on. Richard starts having the kind of hallucinations. Yeah, about um, a rapist might have. Yeah. Whereby he thinks someone's given him the come on when. They're really not. He it, it's all literally all in his mind. Yeah. Um, it, an interesting thing about this. We all say that. So, uh, the daughter of the family, Kate Fuller, is played by Juliette Lewis. Yeah. Um, how old do you think she was in Dust from Dust Till Dawn? <sighs> uh, I think she was about twenty-seven. Bloody hell! Really? Yeah. I mean, she seems. Young, like scary yeah, young. But she, she was in. Um, she was. Tw- well, she was twenty three in Dust Till Dawn. Was she? Yeah, she was twenty three. I thought she was a bit older. Well, I'm te- well, I know you did. No, because I thought she was a little bit older than me. That's all. She was born in seventy three. Yeah, same age as me. Um. So, so in Dust Till Dawn, she was twenty three, right? And she seems like a very young girl. Um. Well, this is my point. I know exactly what you're going to say. 
two years before that... Natural Born Killers. She was in Natural Born Killers, and she didn't seem anywhere near as young. Yeah. Um, it's a weird film. We won't dwell on that. What? Natural Born Killers. We're going to do that one time, oh. aren't we? What do you mean? Oh, I just can't bear it. What do you mean you can't bear it? I don't like it. Why, why can't you bear it? Because well, it's... Does it challenge you? No, it's it it, it's not movie? what it was supposed to be originally. What was it supposed to be? Well, it was basically supposed to be a, a semi-sequel to True Romance. Well, it wouldn't Because if you know, if you know, if you see them, it's not written by Quentin Tarantino, you know, the story's by him. Oh, okay. They so messed nice. up the whole, I think, I don't know whether he's disowned it or not, but yeah, it wasn't supposed to be what it was. It was all supposed to be about the media fascination with criminals. Yeah. But I think, he wrote True Romance and Natural Born Killers as one thing. Oh, okay. And it was... Didn't he have a bit of a... Wouldn't I maybe remember... I think he fell out with... Didn't he have a bit of a falling out with Roll of a Stone? Yeah. there was a bit of a... Yeah, that's why they, they changed his name in the... They changed the credit. Because it's not yeah. written by him. It's the um, stories by him. But it's good to just... But it's good to just put Juliette Lewis in that kind of... Um, yeah, she done... Was it... She did California the same year? Yeah, she's that must grunged. Have been around that time. But yeah, then, but Cape Fear was ninety one, so I think in that she was eighteen. Yeah, but in that I think she's playing fourteen, sort of. Yeah, I think she's yeah. supposed to be playing like really underage, isn't she, in Cape Fear? Um, do you know who her famous father is? No, you don't. I can tell. It's Jeffrey Lewis. Who is? Could you remember the Clint Eastwood movies like Any Which Way But Loose? No. Yeah. Of course it is. Yeah, Jeffrey Lewis. The guy is in um, uh, Devil's Rejects. Yeah. He's in the Devil's Rejects. He was in loads of TV shows. Um, he was. In He's got that hang dog face, yeah, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He looks like a real, yeah. proper American kind of yeah, uh, hick kind of. Every man, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be damned. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, now you said that, I could see it in her face. Yeah. Sorry, I've I've ruined her for you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he's got that. Yeah, yeah. Any you could pick out any film from seventies, and he's probably in it. He's in a lot of stuff. I'm trying to. I did. I wrote a few down, and there were more, and I can't remember any of them. But I think that he's in a few with Clint Eastwood, not, not he's just in a the... load of Clint Eastwood. I think he was in Bronco Billy. Yeah, um, he was definitely in the two ones with the orangutan. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, they're not as good as you re- remember them either. Oh no, no, no. no. <laughs> it was very much like Hollywood went through that very much sort of Smokey and the Bandit. Yeah, good old boy, mm. redneck. Maybe not redneck, you know what I mean. Good old boy, deep south. Yeah, Reagan years. Bullshit. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that, so Juliette Lewis plays Kate Fuller. If, if we're carrying on the cast, so we've yeah. got, we, so we've done the two Gecko brothers. These are the gangsters. Uh, Jacob Fuller is. We should maybe say. Uh, uh, you mentioned he's played by Harvey Keitel. He's he's basically a vicar who's uh, going through a crisis of faith. Yeah, he's lost his wife recently, isn't he? Yeah. Um, and In a horrible way, I think it comes Yeah, out. she's died in a nasty car accident, and it, she didn't die instantly, as is discussed later on. Um, and yeah, he's like anyone, he's having a, a crisis of faith. He's still a very much a noble kind of chap. Um, uh 
the son, the adopted son, Chinese adopted son, uh, Scott, is played by Ernest Liu. Has he been in anything else? No, not that I... He, he hasn't even got a photo on IMDb. He's got a blank square. Yeah, he did. I don't think he has. He probably has, but I didn't even really look to check, to be honest. Um, Santanico Pandemonium is played, as we mentioned earlier, is played by Sam Hayek. Uh, Sex Machine is played by Tom Savini. Yeah. I've met Tom Savini. Yeah. Uh, Frost, the other trucker, yeah, is played by Fred the yeah. Hammer. Williamson. Is he a footballer? Was he a foot American footballer? I think he was. I think that's where he got his hammer nickname from. Yeah. And uh, can you tell me any films he was in? Nope. Have we looked into that. Nope. He, he, he was, was probably in some black exploitation, I reckon. Yeah, he was massive in the black that era. Um, <laughs> the what era? The black exploitation. There you go. There it uh, is. He was also in New Barbarians, which was like an Italian Mad Max ripoff, and he was in a Dirty Harry film as well. He was in Sudden uh, Sudden Impact. Right. Okay. He's like Dirty Harry's mate. Right. He turns up. He gives him the dog. I can't remember it. Sudden Impact. I can't remember it. That's the one with. Um, uh, Time Daily. No. That's the Enforcer. I kind of like that one. I think that is either the one before or the one after. This is the one with... Uh, what was his wife called? Sonja Locke. Yeah. Yeah. His ex-wife. Yeah. She was about 90 of his films as well. Yeah, she's a... Yeah. How do you feel about her? Well, I don't really care. What do you mean you don't care? I don't have any opinion on her. Well... But Why would I have an opinion on it? We're not because, even we talking... a, because we basically do a podcast where we express our opinions about films, actors, in the world of the performing yeah, what? arts. What? I don't have any opinion on it. I've not you seen have it. No, no, I've not watched. Opinion. I haven't watched a film with her in for years. Does okay. she, is she still alive? Do you fancy her? No, not really. Okay, so that's an opinion. Yeah. Okay. She's that's a bit all mum- I want she, to hear. She's a bit mumsy. That's all I want to hear. No, 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 no. Have you seen the <laughs> Is she that Dirty Harry? She plays, no, she no. See, I, all those, there's a lot of those. There's a lot of those Clint Eastwood films. They just blur into one film. Okay, for they me. all look the same. They're all the same, the same to same. me. Yeah, right. yeah. Okay, right. Uh, so, uh, well, there's, there's films he played in the seventies where he was a cop and he wasn't called Dirty Harry. But he may as well. Have he been. might as well have been. <laughs> Right. Um, so uh, yeah. So Fred the Hammer Williamson. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, Earl Mag- Earl McGraw, the character Sheriff Earl McGraw shows up. Yeah. Michael Parks. Yeah. Should really point out that this film comes after Kill Bill, Death Proof, and Planet Terror. Because he's in all of them. He he appears in all of them, and in this one he dies. What happens to him in Planet Terror? Does he die in Planet Terror? Or do, do, does he disappear when the missing reel... Yeah, I think so he just... So he's there yeah. and you just... You yeah, don't I don't think... Because <sighs> you see his wife and everything, don't you? In yeah, Terror. I can't really remember Planet Terror at the moment. Um, okay, forget about it, don't worry. Yeah, but it's a great but, little scene he's in. But uh, Quentin Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez do this brilliant thing where they kind of... Their films are cross-pollinated with yeah. characters that just pop up and kind of self-reference one another and 
you know, characters that are related, Vincent Vega and yeah. Vic Vega out of Alabama Dogs. gets a mention in Reservoir Dogs. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, it's... Yeah. I think Jack Scagnetti gets mentioned before he, in Reservoir Dogs. Is he, he, I is, think he's is in he a not, few. Is, in, is he not... Is Mr. Blonde's parole officer or something? Something like that. And who... Um, Michael Keaton in Jackie Brown. Yeah. He's the FBI guy that... He's in out of sight, mind. Yeah, he turns up. It's Elmore Leonard, isn't it? Yeah, he shows up in Ray Nicolette. There you go. Anyway, let's carry on through this cast. Okay, so FBI agent Stanley Chase is paid by the brilliant John Saxon. And the newscaster... Uh, it's Kelly Preston, who's uh, John Travolta's was wife. Was John Travolta's wife, yeah. Yeah, I think she's... Yeah, she passed season. last year, yeah. I think she I think she passed away the same year as John Saxon. John Saxon. No, he died a few years back, dude. No, didn't I, think, he? I got a feeling it was the same year. John Saxon, of course, was also in... Enter the Dragon. And... Something else. Nightmare on Elm Street, Nightmare there we go. And Cannibal Apocalypse. It's Italian. He gets quite high billing in this film. And he's in one scene. Yeah, it, uh, he's a bit of a red herring as well because when you uh, when he appears, you kind yeah, of think, he think he's going to see him again. Yeah, because he's going to turn up and have something to do with the Gecko Brothers. Yeah, obviously, they don't get that far. It doesn't play out that way at all. Um, then you've also got uh, the chap in the early scene who is the attendant in Benny's World of Liquor. Yeah, can we can we just say that's a great opening scene? Yeah, yeah. The whole opening five minutes before the titles goes up is fantastic. Yeah. So it's based. So should we just so? Yeah, um, I know we're going back on ourselves. So Earl, so Sheriff Earl McGraw turns up. It's the end of the day. He turns up at a liquor sco- liquor store that he's obviously been to before. Yeah, he's, he's had a the chatty with a clerk. Um, the 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 clerk is played. <laughs> By John Hawkes. Yeah. He's been in a lot of stuff since. Yeah. Uh, he's played. Has he got, he's, he's had an Oscar nomination since, hasn't he? I think he won one. Didn't he win one for Winter's Bone? Did he, he win? He's certainly nominated. I may be wrong there. I may yeah. Be wrong, but he's, I think uh, you're right. I think you might be right. Because he talks about winning an Oscar in the scene, didn't he? Yeah. And it, the, yeah, there's a bit of an irony there that I've yeah. got a feeling he does. And uh, Winter's Bone is worth watching. Anyway, is it Jennifer Lawrence's first film or one of her very yeah, early, early early films? Yeah, um, and they're both really good in that. I would recommend Winters. But I mean, it's kind of a slow. You know, it's not a. Um, it's not like the exploitative kind of stuff we're no, normally no. into, but no, it's no. worth. It is worth watching. Anyway, um, let's get back to the scene. Yeah, so uh, Chef Earl Girl turns up. He's buying some booze. And he has some typical Tarantino chat, I yeah, think. Yeah, it's pretty politically incorrect talk about a mongoloid working a grill. Yeah. And how he, he's had the shits all day. Uh, he, he buys some booze. Uh, he goes to have a pity. When he goes to have a pity, turns out the Gecko Brothers... They're in the store. They're in the store. They've with got a couple of hostages. Yeah. Richard is convinced that the clerk is giving signals to the, the cop. Yeah. Uh, and the clerk is adamant that he isn't doing that. All this time you can hear that cop having a piss. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So then, yeah, so then Il, Il McGraw comes back out and 
Because no, that, Seth Gecko says his first line, his first great line. Well, he's got a few there, hasn't he? Everybody yeah. be cool. You be cool. Yeah, okay. Were you giving that cop signals? No. No, <laughs> fucking listen. Um, no, how can I? You always, why have you let me use the toilet? Because so, he always comes in here and uses the toilet. But it's such a good setup. Because when the cop comes back out, yeah. you're really watching. You're like, you're like is he giving him si- <laughs> is he giving him signals? And then just bang. Yeah. Richard steps out. Richard Ge- Gecko steps out, shoots the cop in the back of the head. Uh, he's adamant that he was mouthing the words, help us. And you're like, well, no, he wouldn't. That no, he wasn't. Definitely he not. He didn't do Yeah, it. and that's your first thing. Like, <laughs> he's not fucking it. right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then they get embroiled. He gets sh- Richard Gecko gets shot in the hand. They get yeah. embroiled in a gunfight. They end up setting him on fire. I really wanted him to survive as well. I thought it was a dirty shame. He didn't well, do, no, any- do, he didn't do anything he wrong because he he was lying. He never said <laughs> he didn't do um, anything wrong. It's a good full body burn. Mm-hmm. You know how I enjoy mm-hmm. good full. Although he he is clearly wearing. A flame, you know. Oh, yeah, I think it's, yeah, of course he is. He's not a big guy, and all of a sudden this when big he pops guess, up on yeah. fire, he's pretty bulky. But I'm not going to let a good full body. I girl. think it's very effective when he falls down into the um, popcorn. Yeah, <laughs> and the popcorn starts popping. Um, so yeah, um, in the middle of that, the two hostages ran out, didn't they? Oh yeah, they, they yeah they just bolted as soon as those guns came out. They were gone. Do you understand the meaning of the phrase low profile? I've misquoted that one. No, okay. It's low, it is low profile, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not yeah. taking hostages. How's your hand? Yeah. Your it's like a it's fucking son, son of a, a bitch, bitch, Seth. Thanks for asking. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so that's the early introduction. So you know you're on the road with a couple of real badasses. And there's a cool as fuck car as well. Yeah. Is, is it, it a... TR... TR... X7 or something like that. Falcon, know. 1967. I want to say GTO, but I, I always want to say that. No, it's a Falcon, I think. Okay. A Falcon? Yeah. I've never heard of a Falcon. Do you want me to look the fucking car up now? Yeah. Oh. Better stop it. Right, Jamie, it's a 1968 Mercury Cougar XR7, and I didn't look on the internet to see that. Okay. But just it's cool as fuck, covered in dust. Just as I suspected. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, uh, if we just uh, the cast is amazing in this. Film. We haven't even we got still, to the we haven't even got to the Mexicans yet. I know I'm still doing. I know I'm still doing the cast. So um, uh, Danny Trejo uh, is Razor Charlie. He's never referred to Razor Charlie, but that I think in all of Robert Rodriguez's films, he's a knife. He's a knife guy. Knife. He's always named after a knife. Yeah. He's a, yeah. Yeah. That that makes sense. Well, I don't know if it makes he's, sense. He's Navajas in Desperado, which is an open knife. Okay. A flick knife. Oh, okay, I didn't know that. And he's machete and machete. Yeah. Um, is he Uncle also... Machete in the Spy Kids as well. Yeah, hang on. Isn't he also in... Is he in Planet Terror? He's in one of them. Yeah, I think he is. He must appear... He pretty much appears in all Robert Rodriguez films. I would Apart say, from the faculty. He? I wouldn't be surprised if he was in there somewhere. Any like the the red herring janitor or something like that, maybe. I don't know. Um uh Cheech Marin, Cheech and Chong. Cheech, Three roles. Uh yeah, the uh border guard, uh the titty twister Chet Pussy. Chet Pussy, yeah. Um 
And Carlos. So Carlos. Yeah. It was supposed to be played by Eric Estrada, but you wouldn't do it. Oh, well, that's, okay, the guy at Yes, yeah. That's the only reason Cheech Marin's doing that. Cheech Marin? Marin? Cheech Marin. Cheech Marin? Yeah. Uh, who who did the special effects, Mark? Do you know? Main makeup. KNB well, again, didn't it? Yeah, I mean. Nicoletti's in it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. What was that sentence? K- Kurtzman, Nicotero, and Yeah, so Nicotero is in the film for one scene as well. But there were low, there were absolutely loads of special effects artists working on this. I, I don't think that's uh, not they've not aged well the CGI bits. Not so much. I mean, um, yeah, Wayne Wayne Toff. Have you heard of Wayne Toff? Nope. Is that not ringing any bells? No. I think he had something to do with a, a lot of the makeup stuff, and I think he's gone on to be. I, earlier on, I was reading through the list of the people that had worked on the special effects in um, uh, KMB were obviously like the main heads of that, yeah. but under them, there were so many people working. And Wayne Toff is the name that popped out. I'm sure he's gone on to do other stuff. And I think he, he, I think he did a lot of the sort of vampire... I may be wrong. Again, apologise if I'm wrong. I think he did a lot of the vampire prosthetic stuff. Right. Um, it, it, early on, uh, when the, when you basically have the, the rug pull and it becomes a vampire film, that whole bar sequence was really heavily cut. Yeah. Uh, they just trouble with sensors and things like that and just various different things. Uh, you'll notice it when... When the band suddenly are playing, like people, yeah, like dismembered people, people, yeah, and it seems really like jarring. What, yeah, it, 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 you know that everything's gone a bit haywire, but that's just a bit of a step too far. You're like, what? Hang on. Um, but originally, that was in the. Well, I think it would have maybe made a little bit more. It wouldn't have been quite as jarring. You also, you also see there's a, one of the vampire ladies, one of the vampire strippers in the club. She's got a mouth in her stomach. Yeah, and there is a scene where the stomach bites one of the uh, patrons' heads off. That was Nicotero. That was originally th- the oh god, what's his name? Greg Nicotero. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I think that was uh, one of their kind of effects. Um, but yeah, that was a heavily cut early scene. Yeah, it's a great scene though. I mean, I watched that in the cinema with my brother who had no idea that that was going to happen. I mean, it's the shame is, the thing is, the, the, I've always watched trailers. So you watch the trailer for that in 1995 or whatever it is. And it, it told you... 1996. Was gonna, 1996. The trailer might have been 1995. But... <laughs> yeah. But... Um, it tells you in the trailer there's vampires. Yeah. But I kind of worked out, like, from the trailer for The Sixth Sense, even, watch the trailer for The Sixth Sense. Yeah. Right? You know there's a twist. Do you? So, oh, yeah, one of the greatest, it tells you in the bloody trailer, one of the greatest twists of movie history. So, you know as a kid that sees dead people, yeah. you know it, there's a massive twist, all right? Right. The film starts, Bruce Willis, He's this guy. He gets shot. Jump cut. Oh, he's fine. And he's about to meet this kid that you know sees dead people. And I was like, well, Bruce Willis died when he got shot. And he's just one of the dead people that the kid is seeing. 
It worked out. I'm sorry, Mark. I don't want to. I don't want to blow my own horn. I hate doing that. But I worked out the twist. Okay. I saw it coming a mile. Did you work out Fight Club, or no. had you already read the book? No, I hadn't. Oh. At that point, Rosie, Rosie, was it Rosie O'Donnell told everyone? Oh really? Yeah. Yeah, I trust her. <laughs> She hated the film so much she gave away the twist on her TV show. Oh, really? Yeah. Why did she hate it? Because she misunderstood it. Probably. Because most people think fight clubs about men being men, but it's not. It's about toxic masculinity. David Fincher is a good director. We should cover more David. Uh, yeah. I don't think I have, but I've seen so much of it that I might as well have. I know exactly what happens in it. Okay. Have you seen the throat slicing? Is that is it? Rosamund Pike. Yeah, she slices her boyfriend's throat, doesn't she? Uh, Doogie Howser. Doogie Howser, yeah. It's probably one of the most erotic film moments for me <sighs> over the last ten years. Is it? Yeah. Have you have you seen it that bit? Have you seen that bit? Well, she's shagging him and she cuts his neck. I'd yeah. imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Something about it, Mark. You need to watch it. Yeah, real strange. To get her blood, she don't want to get her like the blood on her hair, so she kind of flicks her hair back and everything. Oh, it's just an incredibly powerful scene, Mark. I'm not. I don't, I'm not trying to be weird. I'm just. That is a bit weird, mate. It's only. It's not real. She's not a real murderer. It's only make believe. It's make believe. Yeah. So someone doing something in a make believe way. Yeah. Even if it's horrible. Yeah. It can turn you on because it ain't real. I'm on. I'm a hundred percent safe ground. Okay. I know I am. Okay. You need to see it. Okay. Should we get back to this film? Yeah. What rollerball? Jamie and Fortune's Betamax Dungeon. Oh, you're out. <laughs> no. But I wasn't. I incredibly erudite about rollerball yeah I even remember one of my favourite bits was when I spoke about the roller derby girls Mark do you remember that roller derby girls how, how, how they're nice uh, and how they're nice they're nice <laughs> they're nice ladies girls that do roller derby uh, and I there was a comparison between them girls that play bass guitar and spitting girls if I remember you right do remember yeah it, I do remember it's it, like we fucking horror it it's right there within our grasp still so I, I said I think I said to you if there was a girl roller skating up the road playing a bass guitar gobbing it's your dream girl no because that would be too much oh that'd is it that would be just a little a roller bit skating and gobbing any one of those three would be fine but none of the two not combined. What? Not not roller skating and gobbing. Roller skating and playing the bass. I'm sure that has occurred. I'm sure a woman well, this is has fucking long lead. I know you get radio things now, do you? Yeah, that's probably happened. Okay. Well, anyway, it's better on its own. Roller what gobbing? Roller derby girls. always seem to have like those a dark eye makeup in that, don't they? Like the no, I don't really pay much in much mind. Yeah, they do. They always <laughs> seem to have like a lot of the ones like, in eye your makeup. dreams, anyway. Well, I don't know. <laughs> Um, the ones in your head. Kansas City Bomber with Raquel Welch. Okay, we're not going to go over that whole podcast, are we? Well, I'm just trying to claw back some of the awesome insights that I had into... Knowing my luck... Rollerball. Knowing my luck, I'll probably find it on this computer in about three years. 
That would be lucky. Yeah, that forgotten gem. The forgotten, the golden hour. It's all downhill from me, ladies and gentlemen. That may have been the turning point for the podcast, Mark. That might have been the one that suddenly sent us viral. Really? Yeah, have you heard these two guys talking about a forgotten mid-70s roller skating action film? You no. You need to check it out. Check out these idiots. Yeah, check, listen to it. Because they know what's going down with futuristic <laughs> roller skating movies. Right, from Dust Till Dawn. Yeah. No, it's somebody peeing on my roof. Of course it's rain. In a spray, man. He's not, not doing it in a... In the direct beam. Jamie. <laughs> let's get back let's get back on track. Okay, alright, sorry man. Right. We've only just got to the rug pool. We've not even talked about the whiskey uh, down the leg. Great rug pool. We've not even talked about the risky down the leg. Oh yeah. Foot fetish Tarantino. Foot, and he gets a right o toe in the mouth as well. Yeah. Is that not do you not think like in like women may look back on that in years <laughs> to come and think, actually now I feel like I was, a, you know. Now I feel like that was inappropriate. Now I know that he's a pervert and he gets off on women's feet. What do you, what do you mean he's a pervert? Well, he gets off on women's feet. Yeah, but it's not. He gets off on women's feet. Yeah, but Rishi does it as well, doesn't he? Right, hang on. All right, so I like women's boobs, okay? Yeah. So I write a part for me in every film I make where a woman puts her boobs in my, in my face. Right. At some point or another, people are going to say, he's a pervert. Well, like Russ Meyer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know that he was in the films. No, but you directed him, didn't he? Yeah, but I don't know that he was in the films with boobs in his face. I mean, they're great films. What are you talking about? Boobs. (laughs) Well, no, I'm just saying... Is it a fetish or is it a quirk? Well, what's the bloody... How are you... He's not masturbating into anybody's feet, is he? He's just you're just Whoa, getting linger. You get you're I, getting lingering shots of feet. I know, but he may have been putting it in the bank. I'm sure. Do you not think he? No, because I've not I've not overanalyzed it that much. I know Quentin Tarantino's okay, like. Right, so I don't want to think about him putting it in his in his little bank for right, later. Okay. So right, okay. So you've got a foot fetish. No, I haven't. You've written yourself into a film. Yeah. And there's a part where uh, Salma Hayek dressed as a stripper, pours tequila down her leg, off her foot into your open mouth. That raises eyebrows, doesn't it? Yeah, but I don't think Samuel Hayek sat at home going, oh, he's abused me. Not then, but now she knows. He's in defeat. She's like, fuck. (coughs) Sorry. We've not even talked... He's a foot pervert. And I did that scene where he slurped alcohol off my toes. Yeah, no wonder we did 47 takes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, that and it was whiskey, the... not tequila. George Clooney gets whiskey. I also... Uh... Come on, hard drinkers, let's drink hard. Yeah, okay, ramblers, let's, let's... get rambling. Bread's about dogs as well, he says that. Okay, vampire killers. Let's kill, let's kill some, some fucking, fucking vampires. vampires. Yeah. Um... You're allowed to say that. It's, it's a quote. Anyway, the vampire fighting scene. It's a great scene. I know it's been... They've cut the heck out of it. I don't know why it said heck. We're adults. They cut the heck out of it. Well, because we're, we're trying not to swear. Well, I'm That's trying. Really, yeah, it's good. Mm. You're doing well. Um, it's still a great scene. 
but it is it, it is, is mangled. Yeah, it is mangled. Um, I've got a bit of an issue. Go on. Uh, given the setup of the place, and, yeah, you know, the film plays out, and we know what they are and what they're all about. Why would they? Why would they be so overly stipulant about it only being bikers and truckers? If it because was... nobody would notice them going missing because they're travelling around all the time. Okay, that makes sense. Okay, I see where you're coming from. But, I mean, in reality, if you were a vampire place and you just wanted to eat loads of people, it'd be like a harvester, wouldn't it? Or yeah, but if there's families stone. going in there... Yeah, but that's what you want, isn't it? You want some, no, yeah, you but want... They'll, they'll, get, they'll get found out quicker, wouldn't they? If you're a vampire... What would you rather have, young kids, well, or would you rather have bikers and truckers? Well, they can get away with bikers and truckers easier, can't they? Because nobody get, who gives a one. Their blood is just contaminated with speed and caffeine. You wouldn't want any of that blood. You'd want like young kids, so it'd be like a harvester. I think you overanalyzed that a little bit too much. <laughs> <laughs> Did you not? I mean, it's a perfectly good explanation as to why they, they're using bikers and, and truckers. Because bikers, nobody cares about. That's not... People care about bikers. No, they don't. They're transients, really. Transients? Well, get a biker gang. But they, also, they still live... They still have homes. They're people, Mark. You've got to care about Yeah, but the other, the other, the other problem... <clears throat> the other is like... Can you stop burping? Pardon me, everyone. I'm sorry. I've made that into a burping jar. Do they do that every night? Does that happen every night? Well, I don't know. You feel that. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Does that yeah, always be, kick off every night? Know. And who cleans that up? Well, yeah. And I mean, is this the first night that anyone fought back and killed any of them? Did yeah. Because, I mean, they're not. Like, obviously, you see later on, it's, this, been, this has been going on for years because there's. Don't get me started on the Azta- Aztec. Temple. Well, they dwell on more on that in a TV show, I think. It's just, it's, they're snake vampires in a TV show. I mean... It's they, a nice little twist, as long as you don't dwell on it too it much. Is it a nice little twist? So, yeah, they would satellite imagery, even then. They'd have been like, hey, this, this titty bar is built on the top of an old Aztec temple. That's suspicious. It's a comic Film, basically. I know, I know, I know, I know. Don't over what, what is the real implication now? There just, isn't any, because it's imaginary. It's, it's one of those films you've. Imaginary things can have an yeah, implication. Yeah, but it's one, of those, it's one of those things if you think about it too much, it all falls apart. Well, I mean, do, they, do they have that massacre every maybe, night? Maybe they. Do the vampires eat every night? That's, that is an interesting. I like to think that they do. That's a whole bunch of truckers and a whole bunch of bikers gone every night. And all the ones before haven't been badass. So they've just been doing it for years and years with truckers and bikers that are in no way badass. And on the one night that, like, the Gecko brothers turn up... Maybe it's because it kicked off... Maybe they would just normally they just wait for the last. They wait for they clear everybody out. They wait for the last. It kicks cut. off a bit early because it, of the gecko brothers it kicks off there. too early because yeah. of the gecko brothers. Yeah, he gets stabbed in the hand. He gets stabbed in the hand, and then she goes to the blood. The blood is dripping from his hand. He stabs Razor Charlie. Yeah, and they've already as soon as they get there, they punch Chet Pussy in the face. Yeah, I don't blame him. <laughs> 
You'll also notice as well, Mark, that I'm not going to in any way attempt to do any of his dialogue. No, don't. I, I reckon I could encourage you to do it. No, I'm not doing it. <laughs> What's your favourite line from... What, Chet Pussy? No, no, no. What's your favourite line from the entire movie? Oh, God. There's uh, Everybody be cool, you be cool. Come on, ramblers, let's get rambling. Do they look like psychos? No. Is that what they look like? They were vampires. <laughs> Psychos don't explode when sunlight hits them. I don't care how fucking crazy they are. I mangled that one. Maybe. Yeah, he did a little bit. Sorry. Yeah, okay. Apologies. Is there anything about the film you didn't like? Anything about it I didn't like? Yeah. Uh, Obviously you don't like the Aztec. I don't end. like the fact that Selma Hayek is a stripper that doesn't actually strip. Well, that's down to her personal choice, isn't it? Oh, yeah, no, that's fine. Um, I don't think she would have looked any sexier with her nipples showing. She looks sexy enough for me. Well, okay, maybe we might have to disagree there. Well, there's plenty of other young ladies with their norks out. Yeah, 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 it's quite a... Well, they I did like that that that, little, that young boy's face when he first, oh, yeah, walked, when they first, when they first walked in and that that young Chinese <laughs> kid. <laughs> he's just he's just maybe <laughs> the age I am now. When they get there, they walk in. You're it's like, like whoa! whoa. <laughs> um, and it's one of those. Uh, it's a brilliant set. It is a that brilliant set. I also like the bit where uh, Seth gets the whiskey and he's he goes right. We've done it. We're all gonna have a drink now. And Juliette Lewis is there going, no, is it Harvey Keitel's like, I'm not drinking with you. Yeah. He goes, yes, you will. You're going to drink with me. And Juliette Lewis goes, and he goes, and there and she goes, uh, uh, yes, please. <laughs> but, then that's an, but then that's another kind of scene where maybe when you're younger, you, I don't know, as you're older, you don't like him so much for mm. that. When you're younger, you think, oh, this guy's cool. He wants to get drunk with him. But now you watch that and you're like, nah, this guy is not, Nice. Yeah, well, well um, Jacob, J- Jacob's absolutely right when he says to him, "Are you such a loser? Yeah, 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 are you yeah, such a loser? Yeah, you don't, just, you can't figure out when you've won. You're away. Bit. You've always, you've always got to be fighting something. Yeah, because they do. They they've got away with it. Yeah, 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 they yeah. just needed to go in there, chill out for a bit, and they'd yeah. have gone. They'd have been fine. Well, but they didn't need to beat up that guy at the front. No, Chet Pussy. Uh, well, he starts with that big bear guy, didn't he, as well? Well, when he gets in there, but he does that. The big that guy does put his hand on him. I mean, that would, you know, that's a little bit different. That's a real big bad bit of dialogue as well. When when Quentin Tarantino is kicking him and hi, how you doing? Enjoying it? Oh, is it not so much or something? Oh, I don't know. It's bullshit. That's a terrible scene. Quentin Tarantino's. But that is bad bit of acting, that little... I don't know. Is he as bad... Well, we talked about this earlier. Is he as bad an actor? Not in this at all. I don't... I don't. He's. He isn't that bad. He's pretty convincing, nasty... Psychopath, creepy. yeah. Yeah. Do you think it's critics saying, well, he can write films, he can direct films... And he wants to act, we're not having that. Yeah, there might be a bit. <laughs> That's like he can't have his cake and eat it. But then he, he uh, in Reservoir Dogs, he's only got a few lines. Yeah, and he and he, he fucks up. Do you really? I don't, I don't, yeah, he he 
he just seems really out of his depth really quickly in Reservoir Dogs. I don't know, just to me. I, I don't I know. Mean, I don't really know. What about him in Pulp about, Fiction? I, yeah, I don't it's, really... I, I see it, it fits the character of a jittery kind of guy who's on the edge of the criminal world, but not really... Know, He's dipped his like, toe in it a few times. You don't a bit like of it. Me that thinks was that just that he wanted to be in a film where he says the N word a lot? No. I don't know. It just seems a bit. No, I don't think so. I don't know. I don't know. I kind of look on that in wonder a bit sometimes. I mean, it, it, I mean, I know it's a different time. Well, no, he's he's writing about horrible people, as well. That's whatever he's writing about. That all horrible people. There's no redeeming people in any of his films. Well, I, I don't know that I agree with that. Well, he's, no, he's, he's redeemable in Reservoir Dogs. Uh, Mr. Orange. No, he's not. Why? He's a snitch, and he's lied to them all. Hey, what? He's a hard-working cop. But he lies to his... Mr. White thinks he's his friend. Okay, all right, he's not redeemable. He's a snitch, and he kills the woman that shoots him. Yeah. But that is just a reaction. Um, okay, what about Bruce Willis's girlfriend in Pulse Fiction? She's the idiot who left the watch behind. Right, so, <laughs> that, makes, so that makes her unredeemable. Irredeemable. What's her name? Is it Etienne? Etienne. He's going, no, don't worry about it, baby. I'll just go and get the watch. Fuck's sake! Fucking, I told her to get yeah, the fucking yeah, watch. Yeah. <laughs> That's not such a great acting scene. What, with her? No, him losing his rag. In the him. car. Yeah, that's not Yeah, but he's got to show that that's he's... That's a little bit of a stretch for Bruce Willis, that scene, I think. Yeah. Well, that's not this Bruce Willis. He's just retired today. Yeah, he's not He's not bad in this. I don't think he deserved the Brazzy nomination. Yeah, he's generally regarded as a terrible actor, and I think if you actually go back and look at some of his acting, it's not as problematic. Um... He does always seem to cast himself or end up in roles where he's either a rapist or... Eh? How many films has he been a rapist in? This. Yeah. Planet Terror. Oh, yeah. Um, That's two. What else has he he been in? Destiny Turns On Radio? Yeah. Have you ever watched that? Is that... He's only in one scene. I don't know. I can't. Do you, yeah, do you he, watch that? I don't he, he does the um, the Top Gun speech. He's at a part. Uh, Dermot Mulroney's at a party, and he starts talking to Quentin Tarantino, and uh, a bit similar to the Madonna speech. Okay. Um, where it's about something, but a, a, a something else. He's talking about Top Gun, about a guy suppressing his feelings about being gay. That's the only scene he's in in Destiny Turns On. I'm sure it's that last one with a. That is basically what Top Gun is about. Yeah. Yeah, what else has he been in? Not a lot. His acting credits are probably less than 10 films. Okay. He's, he's never starred in anything. I think he's in four rooms, but that's. Oh, hang on. Yeah, that was Robert Rodriguez as well. That was Tarantino, Rodriguez, and two others who I can't remember. Each of the segments were directed by someone else. Yeah, who each of the, the room. Two? One of them was was um, it? One uh, of them's a Ed, woman. Was it Roger Avery that did Killing Zoe? 
Did he do one of them? Can you remember that? Quentin Tarantino had something to do with that as well, didn't he? Well, Killing Zero, I think, produced yeah. it, didn't he? Yeah. Roger, he was Roger Avery. Because there were seven people that said Roger Avery was someone that wrote Pulp Fiction, not Tarantino. Yeah. But he got a credit for some... Ro- yeah, okay, yeah. That's... I think because they fell out about some as well and, and then made up years later. Yeah. Um, Zoe, I haven't seen a long, long time. It's not, I don't think I've seen that since it came out. It's not as good as you remember. No, probably not. No, no. no. It um, was a. There was. Well, we, we're not going to go into a Tarantino thing here, but we need to finish this one off. Okay. Um, we okay, can, Mark. We need to finish this one. Well, off. yeah, we do. All right. All right. Well, um, the other thing I. D- I thought we were just. I was just trying to fulfil our remit of horror, chat. The other thing about the film that doesn't make sense is how easy it was for them to get through the border. Well, it was relatively convincing because she was having a piss on the toilet. What, you're telling me there's that those gecko boys had killed five rangers? Yeah. Three civilians? Yeah, and taken one hostage. No, they killed her. Well, yeah, okay, yeah. Um, I don't know that the news media knew that. And was it six regular cops? Yeah. You think there'd be more than a couple of Mexicans was, with dogs at the border? Yeah, it was quite incredible. But then, and where are they going? Where's this mystical El Rey? But then they went looking for that. Appears in uh, a book by is it Jim Thompson that wrote the Getaway? Yeah. And there were two films made of that book, and none of them but ever it, mentioned El Rey. Yeah, none of those he ever mentioned this. Is it like a Shangri La for? Yeah, it's like a gangster hideout getaway place, you know, where you go. And... The other thing I didn't get was it's there's this big thing about the 30% for sanctuary in El Rey. You give them 30%, they take you there. It turns up, at the end, Carlos, and he gives him a Porsche as well. He gives him the 30%, or they get, butter it down to 25 Yeah. And he gives him a Porsche as well. I think that's all part of the deal. But don't, yeah, but how much money did they rob from that bank? Well, enough to get give him a certain percentage and get a car. It's only one little suitcase. Yeah, I don't know. They might have all, all been like thousand dollar bills. Can you get a thousand dollar bill? Oh, I don't know. You try breaking one. You try spending one. It's going to be a nightmare. Ooh. You know what it's like spending a 50 over here? They do ones, don't they? One dollar bills. Yeah. And then in, I mean, that seems a bad idea because... Well, we used, to, we used to have a pang note. I know, I know. But by today's standards, you would think that they'd seen enough films where if you've got a big wadge of cash and you're trying to pretend that you've got like thousands and really they're just all one dollar bills... They're all the same size end notes as well, aren't they? Yeah, so it's like, oh yeah, here's a big wadge of cash for the drugs. And then as you're leaving... Yeah, but they just do that. They're like, whoa, hang on! Yeah, but they do that before they give them the drugs. But they do that before they give them the drugs. How many times have you seen that play out in a movie, Mark? Once or twice? I've seen it at least play out four times. (laughs) (laughs) These aren't aren't $100 bills, these are $1 bills! Oh dear. They're trying to cheat us! (laughs) <laughs> only in America not over here we wouldn't have it over here because they're different sizes and colours yeah and we don't get one pound notes not anymore found a one pound note not long ago 
I'm pretty sure I've said all I have to say on okay. From Dust Till Dawn. Hit list or shit list? I've got plenty to say about Rollerball, Mark. Anyway, Mark's out of fight. disappeared into the ether, Mark. Yeah, so it should. That, all that comedy Mark's... gold. Lucid comedy gold. I don't even think I drunk that week, Mark. I think you did. No, so. I'm oh, pretty I think... sure I was sober, funny, witty, sharp. Oh, it was like having Peter Cook sat next to me. Mark's out of five. Deadly more. Uh, Scooby Doo. Oh, for dust from Dust to Dawn. Yeah. Five. Yeah, it's a strong five. Yeah. Yeah. yeah every time. Yeah. Um, say goodnight, Jamie. It's also uh, yeah. I will say goodnight. It's also one of those rare nineties films where the kind of stuff that we're into, the kind of schlocky horror, yeah, culty kind of. The nineties, it had its fair share, but it wasn't. It wasn't the seventies. It wasn't the eighties. I don't know what you mean. It dropped off a bit. The kind of stuff that we're into dropped off a bit. There weren't so many gory films. Gory, slocky stuff. Not really. No, I mean, not if, really. Well, I suppose that's DVDs. I suppose it all went straight to DVD, didn't it? I mean, slasher films really kind of died off until Scream came along, and that was sort of like mid. Mid to late 90s. 94, isn't it? Screen? Is it 96? It's I'm really, wrong. Yeah. It's a really rich period of films, full stop, the 90s. Yeah, it was. It was, it was good stuff, but it went, there was nothing really kind of. Um, I tell you what, you're going to say that as soon as I stop recording, you're going to your brain is going to tell you a big long list of schlocky stuff. Oh yeah, I'm just literally just saying shit as it pops into my head. It may be wrong. It's probably wrong. What I'm saying now is probably wrong. You should probably cut this. <laughs> Say goodbye, Jamie. Bye, uh, Jamie. Thanks for listening, everybody. See you next time. Jamie and Fortune's Speed to Max Dungeon.